Uh, my friend thinks he is smart. He told me an onion is the only food that makes you cry. So I threw a coconut at his face. A bus full of ugly people. <laughs> I just find that so funny. I don't know why. A bus full of ugly people had a head-on collision with a truck. When they died, God granted them all one wish. The first person said, I want to be gorgeous. God snapped his fingers and it happened. The second person said the same thing, and God did the same thing. This went on and on throughout the whole group. God noticed the last man in line was laughing hysterically. By the time God got to the last 10 people, the last man was laughing and rolling on the ground. When the man's turn came, he laughed and said, I wish they were all ugly again. <laughs> November got jokes. <laughs> we'll be back to our usual way of doing stuff next week. For those of you who are guests with us, our normal worship services. We kind of go throughout worship. We love worship here. Amen. All of our regular attenders, we love worship. We love hosting the presence of God. It is our mission to host the presence of God, to win souls and equip the believers for the work of the ministry. That is our mission of what we do, why we're here, and we just love hosting the presence of God. So what we've done for the month of November is we've kind of split worship in twos, and I preach about worship because that's my worship series, Created to Worship, and then we worship at the end. So I'm just going and encourage you after I'm done preaching not to leave, partake with us in worship. Okay, join in with us in worship, and that's gonna be a good time. So, um, <clears throat> so for the last few weeks, like I've said, we've talked about uh, worship. First of all, let me just say this I love all these flaggers, the kids flagging, yeah. I love it. If it's distracting to you, then sit there, okay? We're going to let this happen and let this flow. We just love all the kids and love all the adults as well, expressing themselves in worship. So um, um, I remember a guy, worship leader by the, nom the, the name of Matt Redman. Anybody know who Matt Redman is? Yeah, Matt Redman wrote the song, Here I Am to Worship. You guys with me? Matt Redman one time was actually having a difficult time with people waving flags. And he was at a worship conference, um, leading worship, and people were down there doing their thing, you know, and, and waving flags and things like that. And, and, uh, and he was just like, man, God, this is so distracting. They're just wanting attention. They're seeking after themselves. They don't care about anything going on. And God spoke to him very gently. He says, if you can't surrender yourself enough to wave a flag, then you don't belong leading worship. So in the middle of this conference, he got off the platform, and then he went to grab a flag and worship while the band just played. And that's where the song was, birth, here I am to worship. Isn't that a fun story? So if you um, have questions about that or want to partake in our worship arts ministry, it's not just waving flag, it's dancing, it's painting, um, those kinds of things. Lauren, raise your hand real quick, Lauren. There's Lauren right over there. She is the lead of our worship arts ministry. I'd love for you to go visit with her and talk with her, even if you just have questions about what this is, why this is, why we do it. Certain colors mean certain things and all this kind of stuff. It's all very biblical. His banner over me is what? Love, right? So we wave the banner on high. And, uh, and so just have a conversation with her. But we've, uh, we've gone through this worship series here for the last few uh, weeks. And today's going to be the last one in our series. Then we're going to just start for Christmas. All right, start, start Christmas and then just kind of wrap up the year with, uh, with some Christmas messages. We've got a choir going on. I'm really excited about Christmas this year. Um, 
But the first week we talked about what it meant to be thankful in worship, having thankful worship, right? I believe that having a thankful heart actually breeds an atmosphere for miracles to happen and miracles to take place, amen? If we're not thankful within our heart, then God will not look down on us. I shouldn't say look down on us. He won't be in our midst when we're not thankful for him. And that's very evident in the word of God. When Jesus went to his hometown, he can only do little miracles because he was without honor. They were not grateful for who he was in their presence, Right, And I think sometimes a lot of Christians, especially with our worldview, uh, with Christian worldview, is that we get very comfortable. We get very lackadaisical. We get very, very in the mode. We get in routine, you know, in, in, in these times that we gather. And God's saying, look, don't ever lose the aspect of awe for me. Yeah. And that comes when we are childlike in his presence. The second week we talked about worship I can't give in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven, amen? Who's with me? The Bible says there's no tears in heaven. The Bible also says that there's no sadness in heaven, right? None of that exists in heaven, but it does exist here on earth, and that's the only type of worship that we can't give God in heaven is worship through sorrow, is worship and gratitude through our pain, through our loss, through our misunderstandings, through our unanswered prayer. It's the only opportunity we have right now here on earth is to worship him through that mess. Amen? Amen. That's a good word. Let's just go home right now. (laughs) Today, I want to talk to you about how there's not two kinds of worship services. There's only one. There's only one. Jesus is getting ready to go He's, he's, he's teaching his disciples to pray. And he, says, and he says, when you pray, say these things. And he says, on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, somebody. On earth as it is in heaven. See, there's not two kinds of lives here. There's only one kind of life. There's not two kinds of worship. There's only one kind of worship. There's not two kinds of miracles. There's only one kind of miracle. And that's when we get the idea in our heart, placed within um, our lives as the main source, the main reason why we do things is to have heaven on earth right where we're at because we are that portal if you will amen we are that conduit from heaven to earth there's not two kinds listen what we do here is exactly what's happening in heaven if it doesn't reflect heaven then it's not something that we should be participating in amen Amen? Amen. see sometimes in our christian worldview we can get skewed about our relationship with god we often have a we often have a vending machine mentality when it comes to Jesus and our relationship with him. Our relationship with God becomes contractual, rather uh, it becomes conditional rather than covenant with him. It becomes contractual. It becomes it becomes conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. Or we ask God for things. Which, which we should. The Bible's clear about how we need to ask him. But let me just suggest something to you this morning. That if our only, the only reason why we're in a relationship with God because he does things for you, then we've missed the mark. Yeah. We've missed the mark. I don't want to seek Jesus to have something or to get something. And help us today, Lord, to not make Jesus my vending machine relationship with God. My vending machine Jesus where I only go to him because I want something or I need something. See, when we come to him sometimes in our Christian worldview, we come to him in worship because it makes us feel better. And it does make us feel better, amen? 
Where it doesn't being in the presence of God just make you feel a little bit better, right? You get out of your week and it's kind of like, eh, right? The green bean casserole was bad. Got the rumblies in your tumblies. Sorry. And you come before Jesus in the presence of God, or maybe you just had a bad week, or maybe something's going on. You come before God and it makes you feel better, right? And that's okay. That's illegal for us to do that. But let me tell you, that's not the only reason why that we worship God. God's not our vending machine, Jesus, where we only do something because we get something in return, right? Sometimes we come before Him in worship to set our week straight, to get our perspective right, to get us motivated. Worship helps our church growth, <laughs> helps us just grow. You know, if we have a good worship team, it'll help us grow. I've heard that multiple times, right? I've heard that multiple, multiple times. Let me tell you, on the day of Pentecost, they didn't have a worship team. All they had was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's all they had. No, I don't think you heard me, right? I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 I'm satisfied yet dissatisfied at the same team. It's such a conundrum inside of me where I'm content but discontent because I believe that there's more. I believe, I'm, I'm satisfied with God and who he is and what he's done in my life, but man, I believe that there's more. Come on, somebody. I believe that there's more, and my expectation and my hunger for him will only allow us to get more of who God is in our lives, right? I'm praying and I'm asking God. I'm not satisfied with what just happens here on Sunday. I'm asking God for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit an outpouring of his presence like we've never seen before. Why? Not because I want a bigger church. Not because we want more people to come. No, because I want to honor God because I want him more than I want anything else. Amen. Worship. Sometimes we worship God because it not only just makes us feel better, but it pulls the greatness out of you. And we can only, and sometimes we only worship God out of nostalgic feelings. We say things like this. I remember when we sang that song. And then we remember how it made us feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. Come on, somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. All of these things I'm talking about are not bad, okay? But if we're left to only that reason, I can only worship God. I remember how that made me feel whenever we sang this song or that song or whatever it is, and it attaches to your heart. Music is so great. Right? Have you ever gone to the, to the grocery store, to like a, a shopping mall, and you hear a song over the radio, right, or over the speakers, and you can actually remember what you were doing and what you, when you were doing it when you hear that one song? Because music, what it does is it attaches to your soul. It is the gateway for worship. It is the gateway to God's heart. It's the it's reason why the enemy loves to manipulate the music industry right now, because he knows if he can capture that, he can capture people's hearts. <laughs> There's just something about it. My, my kids, they're so awesome. I got to see Caleb this last week, which was great. He's married now. He's down in Alabama as a youth pastor. His travel day yesterday was 15 hours in airports. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Well, it saved us $100. Okay. Praise God. He's awesome, though. But when he was little, we would go to... To Kmart. Anybody remember Kmart? <laughs> we go to Kmart in Fairmont, Minnesota. We go to Kmart. And up on the radio comes this song. And Caleb, out of nowhere, your little boy sitting in the cart would just start singing that song. We go, how do you know that, first of all? 
right? It just attaches something, something grips your heart and it's illegal for us to go. I remember that song and how it made me feel, but let me suggest something to you this morning that no matter what's being sung, no matter who's singing it, no matter what kind of song it is, if we're not worshiping Jesus for who he is, right? Then we miss the mark because the last time I checked, worship isn't for you. Worship isn't for me. If we only sang this song, Pastor Jake, I know the glory of God would come down. Well, how about we sing no song and see if God does the same thing? Because it's not a matter about what we do, it's a matter about our heart condition after him. Amen? When we get caught up in the emotion of that song, it's easy to lose Jesus in the song. We can even get to the point, guys, hear me, where we seek Jesus for revival instead of understanding that he is revival. We seek him for something. I want to encourage us this morning, and we all do it, and this is a good barometer for us to see where we're at in our relationship with God, because we all do it. We want God. We want revival. We want the move of the Holy Spirit. We want all these things. But let me encourage you. Let me challenge you. And as I challenge you, I'm challenging me. Right, that it's not about what we can get from God. We have to move past that and worship him for who he is. On earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, guess what, guys? They have all of Jesus. They're not asking God for more revival. They're not asking God for more glory. They have everything that he is, and they focus only on him. On earth as it is in heaven. It's easy to make worship about us rather than him. And I'm not saying that worship doesn't change us. However, this season that we are entering into, we have to worship Jesus because he's Jesus. He is the redeemer. He's just not my redeemer. He is the king. He's not just my king. He is the savior. He's not just my savior. He is glory. He is power. He is the miracle. He is freedom. He is those things. And if we can come to him like a child and recognize him for who he is, God, in return, because he's gracious, will give us gifts that we can't fathom in our hearts. I'm so thankful that the Lord has patience with us, amen? (laughs) Where he doesn't get mad or frustrated with us when we make worship more about us than we make it about him. And Revelation chapter 4 paints a great picture of true, passionate, authentic worship. And this is where I want to spend a little bit of time and develop this idea that there isn't two kinds of worship. There's not just one here and one in heaven, that the two actually are one. On earth as it is in heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. The two are one. So let's go ahead and and read. I'm going to read all of Revelation chapter 4 because it paints such a great picture. Okay? So turning your Bibles there, Revelation chapter 4. If you don't know where Revelation is, it's at the end of the book, before the concordances. Revelation chapter 4, and I'm reading out of the NASB. Okay? A Christian worker's resource. Awesome. I went too far. Revelation chapter 4. Okay, here we go. It says this, after these things I looked, this is John 
the beloved. He's writing this book, okay, called Revelation. He's on the island called Patmos. He was actually got tarred and feathered, and they tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die. So they said, off you go to an island to go ahead and die. Right? Revelation chapter 4, and he says this. After these things I looked, and behold, a door. Someone say a door. The door there literally is defined as portal. Behold, a portal standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after these things. Let me just pause right there. On earth as it is in heaven. Let me just explain this to you real quick. Let me encourage you in something. That God is in the business of opening heaven so we can see what our eternal destiny is. He puts that desire in our heart so we can go, I want to be there. (laughs) I want to be there. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, the throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne and and one sitting on the throne and he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance, sardius in appearance, not sardines. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne, there were 24 thrones and upon the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and the golden crowns on their heads. Out from the throne, verse five, out from the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds of peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. That's why they always had to encourage people, don't be afraid every time you saw an angel. No, sir, I am extremely afraid. There is a creature with eyes everywhere around you. Okay? Just laugh for my sake. That's pretty funny. Okay, thanks. Okay, I appreciate that. Okay, verse seven. The first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had a face like that of a lion. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. Can you just picture this for a second? You got that in your mind, what that would actually look like? It's hard to even imagine what that would look like. Verse eight. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night, they did not cease to say, someone say this with me, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the almighty who was and who is to come. These angels without ceasing forever still to this day on earth as it is in heaven, still to this day are circling around the throne, casting their holy to Jesus, casting their holy to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse nine, and when the living creatures give glory and honor to and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, verse 10, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their, cast, cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord, and our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will, they existed and were created. See, everything we do, everything we do here on earth, everything we do here at this church comes from place and it must come from a place of heaven to earth mentality. It has to come from this place where it's not just ritual that we do these things, where it's not just something that we get over with at the beginning of a service, 
It's not just something we come to and just go, I can't wait till this part is done so we can actually get into the Word. I'm all about the Word of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Help me out here. The Word of God is the Word of God. It is the Bible. It is the words of Jesus Christ himself, and it is for our powerful living in him. Right? But if all we do is come here to a place and go, well, I can't wait till that's over so we can actually get to the real deal, then we miss the real deal. We missed it. I don't feel God when I'm worshiping him. It doesn't matter how we feel. I'm encouraged you today. Because everything we do is by faith. Everything we do is by faith. <laughs> we worship him. We glorify him. We give. We read our Bible. We pray. We, we praise. We wave flags. We sing songs. We clap hands. We do all of these things by faith. And that word faith means to be persuaded. I am persuaded because God is good. Amen. I am persuaded because he is good. Faith equals persuasion. I am persuaded. No one has to talk me into it. No one has to help me get there. When I walk into the doors of the church, when I come into the parking lot, when I wake up in the morning, guess what? Our hearts should be like, Jesus, I'm here to worship who you are, never ceasing all the time. It must come from a place of heaven and earth mentality, fulfilling the prayer that Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven and our worship is no different. I personally believe that we can have worship here like there is in heaven. Amen. Would you agree with that, yes or no? Yes. yes. I believe that we can have worship here like there is in heaven. We may not physically see the angels flying around, or maybe you will. There's been many accounts here at this place where after a service, somebody comes up to me and goes, Pastor, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe this. I don't know what to say, but I saw something. And I go, praise God. Praise Jesus. And my desire for you this morning is that I whet your appetite for the supernatural. To not discount it, to not say it doesn't exist, to not say it doesn't work in your life. Every single one of us has the ability and the desire in our hearts to see past our natural eye and to see into heaven and to see what he has for us. Every single one of us. How do you think that in the book of Acts, people were led by the Spirit? They were so close to him that they walked and he just brushed against their shoulders and said, go down this street, call straight, and there you'll find a guy named Saul at a house. You're going to pray for him. And the gentleman goes, what are you talking about? Don't you know he's the one persecuting Christians? He says, yeah, but I've got a better plan for him. But you know what? If it wasn't for that guy who followed through, seeing what he saw his father doing, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if we ever had a Paul. And the Holy Spirit simply just went, moved him in a direction. I want to be like that guy. See, these are the unsung heroes of the word of God. These are the ones you never hear about again. But it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for that guy who said, yes, Lord, I surrender to you, we would have never had a Paul. I want to, I want to, I want to meet him when I get to heaven. I want to meet him. These people that you never hear about again in the word of God. See, we don't live in this separate reality. We don't have this and we don't have that. I know there's a world existent. Trust me, we live in it every day, amen? 
We live in this thing called earth, called the world. Not everybody loves God. People are out to get God. Okay, people are out to get religious folks like you and I. Okay, people are out to, 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 to condemn us and call us this and call us that. I know we live in a place called the world. I know that their sin is rampant. I know things are going on. I know this persecution that's happening right now in our United States of America, and it's going to get even worse. And I know that's going to take place. I know it's going to happen, but let me encourage you with something. Even with all of that, we don't live in two separate realities. We only live in one, and that's called from heaven to earth. We live here. We live here because if we take a bird's eye perspective on everything that's going on, nothing in this world can ever come against you and me. Nothing. I didn't mean to get so passionate there. <laughs> <laughs> if we believe that we live in two separate realities, then what we need to do is repent and ask God to transform our minds and our hearts so we can see his reality more than our own. We can see his reality more than our own. See, that word repentance isn't being sorrowful for your sins. It's about the transformation of your mind. It's changing your mind, and only God can change your mind. We can do everything we can do to get us to change our mind. But it's when God, his written word and his spoken word mesh together in your life to begin to transform the way you think about certain things, especially when it comes to worship. We have to, I have to, me, I'm talking to Jake. I have to stop being so fleshly in my worship. And what I mean by that is I have to. I have to stop gratifying myself when it comes to worship. See, because in heaven, there's none of this self-gratification because everything is all about him. Everything's all about him. We must become, we must come before him like a child, like a little bitty baby. We must come in full surrender in order to see and experience heaven's worship on earth. There's no divide. It doesn't matter who is singing, what we're singing, and how we're singing it. It must be connected, engaged, and fully focused on Jesus. Amen. Must be fully focused on Jesus. And we as humans, what we do, and we're so good at it, is we separate everything. We live in categories. We put things in the compartments of our minds. This happens here, this happens here, and maybe you function that way, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not dogging that, right? But what I'm saying is this. We have to get past some of those things when it comes to the supernatural because there's a lot of things that we just don't understand, and we don't have to think that we get it. That's the beauty of a relationship with God is when we start living from the heaven to earth mentality, what we begin to see is that we'll begin to see and experience things that we don't understand, that we can't figure out that we can't put pen and paper to, like, like we just don't understand. And Jesus is saying to you, don't worry about it. Enjoy the mystery. I love you. That's why it's called a journey and not a destination. We walk with him. We talk with him. So our worship to him, according to the word of God, must reflect Revelation chapter four. It must reflect. So let's talk about this. In heaven right now, what they're doing around the throne is they're declaring his holiness. They're declaring his holiness. And in order for us to have heaven to earth worship, we must 
declare his holiness. But not because we said we need to do it, but because we actually want to do it. Because we actually see the reason why we're doing it. We must declare his holiness. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that God is holy, amen? He is holy, and we must declare that he is holy. Why? For the simple reason that that's what's happening in heaven right now. That's it. What other reason do we need? Do we need to understand? No. What we need to do is just reflect what's happening in heaven here on earth. See, the word holy there means pure, consecrated, blameless, exalted, or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. That's what that word holiness means according to Revelation chapter 4. So what the angels are doing right now, they're saying, God, you are pure. They're saying, God, you are consecrated. God, you are blameless. God, you are exalted. You are worthy. You're complete, my complete devotion. You are perfect. You're good. You're righteous. That's what they're declaring when they're declaring you are holy. See, when we proclaim and declare his holiness, what we actually do is we're acknowledging his lordship in our lives. And it's important that we say, yes, you are holy. So let's take 10 seconds right now and let's just tell him that he's holy. Come on. Let's just tell him you're holy, God. You're holy. You're holy. Come on. You're holy. You are, you are God. You are blameless. You are pure. You are, you are holy. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Come on. Three more seconds. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. See, what we're doing right now is we're participating on earth as it is in heaven. Whoo! I just got the eebie-jeebies. On earth as it is in heaven. Number two, what do the angels do? They cast down their crowns. This resembles our surrender to him. And in order to have heaven worship, we must, and I mean we must live in a place of surrender. We have to have surrendered lives. We have to have surrendered hearts. You know, in war, I, I, I've never been in war before, but when someone surrenders, we see on TV, they wave the white flag, right? They go, no more. We can't take it anymore. You've overcome us. You've overpowered us. I surrender. We surrender. Meaning what they were trying to do, they can't do anymore. So now they're taking what the other opposing person is doing and saying, now I'm coming under your control and your authority. And that's what it means to surrender. What it means to surrender in our hearts, our white flags are our hands. Come on, somebody. Are our white flags are our hands. I surrender. I have nothing left. Not because we want to give everything to him, although that is true, but because he has overpowered us. Because his spirit is so strong that we have nothing left that we can do but just surrender to him. And that's the kind of worship that's happening in heaven right now. They're casting their crowns at the feet of God Almighty, the King of Kings. Why? Because they realize that his power is so overwhelming that they have nothing left to give. But I surrender to you. But I surrender to you. That is heaven on earth worship. So let me suggest something to you this morning that maybe you're dealing with something in your heart and your life that's keeping you away from full surrender to him. Let me encourage you. Don't wait on it. Just give it to him. 
just give it to him. There's nothing. You can't figure it out. You're not going to try to take care of it. So why not just give it to him and allow him to come in and make it aligned right with his spirit? Amen? Surrender is the key to humility. Our accomplishments, our advances, our rewards, our past, our present, our future, everything is his. And when we cast those things, when we, when we cast our accomplishments, our advances, our rewards, our past, our present, our future, when we cast it before his feet, you and I will have a continual open door of his presence over our lives. We must live in surrender. I read this quote and it really meant something to me. It said this, I only leave moments with God with significant change in the measure I came to him in surrender. Let me read it one more time. I only leave moments with God with significant change in the measure I came to him in surrender. Lastly, I'm gonna ask the band to come up, the worship team. Verse 10 and 11 says this of Revelation chapter four. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and our God. Emphasis on our, our there's not that denomination. Come on, let me speak to this for a second. They're going to get ready, so just ignore them the best you can. <laughs> there's not that denomination. There's not that church down the street. There's not that church down the way. There's not this other church that's better. It's doing something. There's not that. No, it's our. Because when we get to heaven, there's not going to be multiple gods because there's only one God. So as one church... Our God, we will worship him. And make no mistake about it, that river of life, as long as I'm your pastor, we will represent our God. We'll represent him. We will worship him in unity with voices all over the world. One of my favorite songs, it's actually a faster song. It's by Hillsong, it's an old one, okay? And it says this, all over the world, people just like us are gathered. Something like that. Worshiping your love. Okay. Tell you, I listen to it a lot. I love that because it just represents so well that right now, at this very moment, all over the world, people are gathered together just like you, just like me, worshiping Jesus in one voice. See, the remnant isn't just a certain select group. The remnant is the church. It is you, it is me. It is those who are passionate after God. It's not a separate group. It's not somebody that's out there representing themselves as this. No, it's you, it's me. It's us together as the church in unity with this church, with that church, with this church, with that church, with all the different mosaic feel of everything. Everyone has their own dynamic and what they do and how they do it. But when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Why? Because we get to worship the one God. Amen. I hope that struck a nostalgic feeling in some of you. <laughs> Verse 11, worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. 
for you created all things. And because of your, because of you, because of your will, they existed and were created. Our worship to him must declare that he is worthy to receive all the glory, honor. You can start playing a little bit, Andrea. Our worship to him must declare that he is worthy to receive all the glory, honor, and power. Glory, the Hebrew word for glory, primarily in the Old Testament, was the meaning of heaviness or weightiness. It was actually used in everyday speech to express the worth of a person. So in Hebrew times, in the Old Testament, they would define each other by being worthy. They would say, you have glory. You are glory. Why? They were defining the worth of a person. And when we come together with God as one church worshiping one God, what we're saying is, I give you glory. I define your worth by my voice. Honor. Our Wednesday night study has been really great. If you haven't participated in that, I encourage you to come. We're talking about a culture of honor. Honor means to fear and respect at its common denominator. It means to fear and to respect, but not the fear like I'm afraid, but fear and reverence. Reverence. See, and it all comes down to you and I coming to God as a child, looking at him through a childlike eyes. See, I always wanted to be like my dad. I always wanted to be like Papa Wallace. I even laugh like him. <laughs> like that. <laughs> right? And it's something ingrained within a child's life to want to be like their pop, to want to be like their dad. Maybe not all their attributes, maybe not everything like them, but they definitely love to be in their presence and they pick up naturally what dad does. Like it or not, you have dad attributes in you. It's part of your DNA. And when it comes to the father, I wanna honor him in reverence. I wanna to come to him like a child and go, God, dad, I wanna be like you. That's what it means to revere him, is to be like him. And the last one is this. The angels came in power. They declared his power. That power is greatness, strength. It means foundation. And it's very important to understand these things, that declaring his holiness, casting our crowns and surrender to him, and hurling praise by declaring that he is worthy. All of this happens for eternity laying out the perfect template for our lives as we join together with the elders in heaven, as we join together with the living creatures, as we join together with the angels, our daily lives must declare his holiness. They must surrender. They must acknowledge with a shout that he is worthy. Let's do that right now. Let's shout together. He is worthy. Three, two, one. He is worthy. He's worthy. See, it's not just this right now. And then later when we get to heaven, we'll fully understand. No, 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 no. 
There's not two worship services, there's one. It's called from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. And let me suggest to you this morning that the door is open. If you allow me to say that the portal is open. There is no other thing. Right now, Jacob's ladder is stretching from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. There's going, there's activity, there's things happening right now, supernaturally, right now. And all we have to do is look up to heaven and join in with what's already taking place. So I want to encourage you as we close, I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come up, pray for us, get us into a time of worship. You can start, you can turn those lights down there, Levi for worship. I want to encourage you as we close that you come to the altar this morning, right up here, to come to the altar and let's together in one voice like thunder ring out his holiness, our surrender and a shout that he is worthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Steve? There's two situations that you can come from right now. One is a situation like those around the throne where you're just drawn because of his presence to give him praise. Another situation is the one that many of us are in in this life, and that's a situation where we're fighting through things to get to that throne. We're fighting off things to get to God. We're, we're laying aside things, and both of those things are things that God is pleased with. Right now, stand to your feet. Right now, if you're battling things, if you're battling distractions, thoughts, difficulties, challenges, trials, things in your life, it's honorable to God. It gives honor to God, and it gives praise to him, and it'll result in breakthrough for you. If you will praise him and worship him in spite of those distractions, in spite of those trials, in spite of those difficulties, the word of God is full of situations where the situations were grim and bleak and difficult, but they praise God in the midst of it. And that gives the devil a black eye that causes him to be stomped. He's under your foot right now. You just have to embrace it and believe it. And that'll give him praise. So if you're struggling, if you're going through distracting times, in fact, if the enemy's distracting you right now, I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over your voice. I plead the blood of Jesus over your heart. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name to join those who sense his presence to join those who are drawn by his presence, to join those who by just uh, uh, surrender lift up his name and magnify him. And together with one voice, we're going to give him praise this afternoon. We're going to give him praise and thank him for who he is and what he is. And we're joining the angels in praise. We're magnifying his name in worship. Let's do it here this morning.